I'm Elder Shanina Walker, and thank you for joining me today on our podcast, Yasha, Young and Sharing His Anointing. Today on our Let's Wrap readings, we're going to be speaking to you on the subject of purchased. Today, our lesson is going to be coming from 1 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, beginning at the 19th verse. And it reads as thus, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Let's wrap. Before we begin to dive into the scripture, let's just give you some background information on Corinth. Now we know that Corinth was one of the first epistles of Paul written to the church of Corinthians. Now Corinthians was a very important cosmopolitan city located in Rome in the province of Achaia, which is now known as the southern part of the modern day Greece. We also know that it rested along a major trade route and it had a thriving economy. It also was known to attract large number of sailors and merchants from every nation. Um, they had all kind of people and all kind of nationalities flocking to the city of Corinth. Now, Corinth was one of the largest city in the Roman Empire. And by the end of the second century, it had become one of the richest cities in the world. It also was strategically centered or the center of influence for the gospel. Uh, since there were travelers coming around, coming through from every nation and hearing the gospel, they would then carry that gospel to other parts of the world. However, although it was a place of, of economic growth and it was a place that was prosperous and it was an influential place where the gospel could be heard and spread it to other parts of the earth, Corinth was also one of the most wicked cities of ancient times. Uh, they had a little bit of everything going on in the city of Corinth. There was immorality, there was uh, unscrupulous business deals going on, pagan practices abounded, of all the scores of heathen religions that were practiced in the city, the most well-known was the worship of Aphrodite. Now, Aphrodite was the goddess of love and beauty. Now, we know that the temple of Aphrodite stood in the most prominent point of the city, a hill called Acacorans, which housed thousands of temple prostitutes. We know that there were prostitutes, thousands of them, and people that traveled um, to Corinth would go into the temple and have sex with the prostitutes. Even, uh, the people that were supposed to be holy would go into the temple and have sex with the prostitutes. Corinth became so morally corrupt that its very name became synonymous. That when you begin to think about Corinth, all you thought about was debauchery and moral depravity. The city was so infamous that they began to give a code name to the city where anyone that had went there and, been involved in the acts that were going on in the city, they begin to coin the term as Corinthizing. Uh, it came from representing gross immorality and drunken debauchery. Uh, Paul himself listed specific sins for which the city was noted and which formerly had characterized many believers in the church there as well. Tragically, some of the worst sins were still found among some of the church members uh, of the city of Corinth. We also learned from our study that many of the members um, have recently uh, converted from paganism and they were having uh, difficulty breaking the habits of their former lifestyle. Paul was reprimanding the church for their failing to discipline themselves and discipline certain members who were guilty of these gross immoralities. He also was giving them counsel 
regarding some of the common uh, marital problems they were having and instructing them in regarding to proper conduct of those who were unmarried. So we know in this particular uh, chapter, as we go into the sixth chapter and the 19th verse, we see that Paul was addressing them in this letter concerning the abuse of Christian liberty. Some of them were taking their uh, Christian liberty a little bit too far. So Paul found himself having to write the church of Corinthian a letter regarding the situation and the circumstances that were now going on within the church. And we see in the sixth chapter at that 12th verse, Paul was writing. He said, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. Just to give you a clear understanding on what was happening in this particular verse of what Paul was saying is no doubt somebody was making an excuse for what they were doing or what they had now found themselves involved in that Paul was uh, now reprimanding them about. Cause we know that in a, one translation, it says, Paul began to say, you say, I'm not allowed to do anything. But then Paul addressed it and he said, but not everything is good for you. In other words, everything is lawful, but not everything is helpful. In other words, it may be permissible, but is it beneficial? How is it going to benefit you? Apostle Paul went on to say, I'm allowed to do anything, but I must not become a slave to anything. So he was letting them know that there's a lot of things that we, um, allowed to do. There's a lot of things that you can do, but is that thing that you're doing going to benefit you? How's it going to affect you in the long run? The King James version says all things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. So we have to think about that. And this is what Paul was saying to them. You need to think about these things because the, the, what, what happens is, and he was trying to get them to understand that these things have a way of working themselves in where we become a slave to it. Instead of, instead of you mastering it, it begins to master you. So he was letting them know that we should not be doing that. Now, when we begin to look at the 15th verse, we see that it says, know ye not that your bodies are members of Christ. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them a member of an harlot? God forbid. In other words, Paul was saying, don't you know? Don't you know that your bodies are the members of Christ? What are you doing? What are you doing in Corinth? I know it's sin all around you. I know it's a lot of things going on. Come on, Church of Corinthian. What are you doing? Don't you know that your bodies are the member of Christ, that you become one with Christ? The Apostle Paul went on to say, Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. So what he was saying to them is that we know, and we talked about what was happening in the city of Corinth, and how some of the church members themselves were falling into these sins or immorality. And they were going into the temple of Aphrodite and they were having sex in the temple with the prostitutes. He's saying, shall we take now the members of Christ? Now that you become one with Christ, shall we now make it a member of a harlot? And in no uncertain terms, the apostle Paul said, God forbid, God forbid this to happen. This should not be going on. He went in the 16th verse and said, what? Like, like what? You don't know what? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body for two saith he shall be one flesh. So we know that the Bible says that whom he joined together are no more two, but you become one flesh. So in other words, Apostle Paul was telling them when you going into this temple and you having sex with these prostitutes and you having sex with a harlot, you are now becoming one body with the prostitute. You're becoming one body with the harlot. This should not be God forbid. 
He went on to say in the 17th verse, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. If you join yourself with the Lord, uh, my fellow brethren, you're going to be one spirit with the Lord. You don't need to be joining yourself to a prostitute. You don't need to be joining yourself to a herlock. In other words, whoever you join yourself to, in other words, whoever you join yourself to, you're becoming one flesh with that person. And the apostle Paul in no uncertain terms was letting them know that this is something that God forbid. The only thing that you brethren should be joining yourself to, he said, is you should be, you should be coming one spirit with the Lord. You should only be joining yourself together with the Lord and becoming one spirit. He went on in the 18th verse and began to say, flee from fornication. We know what flee mean. Flee mean to run. He didn't say you should stand there and try to fight it. We know the story of Joseph where when uh, Potiphar's wife was coming after Joseph and he was trying, she was doing everything she can to entice him. And, and finally she grabbed his coat. We know that Joseph flee. Joseph took out. He began to run. The Bible tells us to flee from fornication. He said, every sin that a man doeth is without the body. So anything that we do, that's a sin. We do it without the body. He said, but he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. So anytime you're laying down, you're committing fornication, you're committing adultery, you're sinning against your own body. In other words, the apostle Paul was trying to teach them. And, and it was very clear that no other sin clearly affects the body as this one does as sexual immorality. He began to tell us that anytime you're committing sin or sexual sin, you're sinning against your own body. What I truly believe the apostle Paul was trying to do is the apostle Paul was trying to get them to understand that this is the one sin where you're hurting yourself. This is the one sin where you're affecting your own body. A lot of times when, when we commit sin or when we do things that are not in the word of God, you, you're committing it or you're doing against someone else. Like the Bible tells us that we should not commit murder. You're sinning against someone else when you're doing that. You're harming another person. The Bible tells us that we should not bear false witness against our neighbor. You're hurting someone else when you do that. Thou shalt not steal. When you're stealing from someone, you're taking what someone else may need. You're doing that against another person. But it's clear here that the apostle Paul was trying to get them to understand that when you're committing sexual immorality, when you're committing sin, uh, such as, uh, fornication or adultery. He clearly told us in the scripture that you're committing sin against your own body. In the 19th verse, the apostle Paul went on to say, what know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God and ye are not your own. In other words, he said, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy ghost. Your body is the temple of the spirit of God that, that lives inside of you that God has given you. His spirit has came to live inside of you. What? Don't you know this? Why would you then take his body and join it with a prostitute? Why would you join it with a harlot? Don't you realize that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost? The apostle Paul was saying, I don't think you guys really understand what I'm trying to say. He's saying you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is housed inside of you. He said, which is in you. He said, which ye have of God. This thing is of God that's inside of you. This is not just you. This is not just your will and your emotion, but the actual spirit of God has taken up residence in the inside of you. He said, ye are not your own. I know a lot of us think like the old song go, it's your thing. Do what you want to do. But I stopped by to tell you today, it's not your thing and you can't do what you want to do. 
It is the Holy Spirit that is living in this inside of you, which is of God. So it is God thing. This is a God thing that's in the inside of you. It's not your own thing on the contrary to whatever the world would say. Ye are not your own. But the apostle Paul went on to say in that 20th verse, for ye are bought with a price. In other words, you are purchased. You are bought by God. He said, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So this thing don't belong to you. This thing belongs to God. Your body does not belong to you. It belongs to God. You can't do whatever you want to do. You can't, as, as he was telling the church of Corinthian, you can't just live in the city of Corinth. Yeah, I know you're in a wicked city. I know there's evil all around you. I know there's a thousand or more prostitutes in the temple waiting on you to come in there. But this is not your thing. You are not your own. You have been purchased by God. This is a God thing. He said, your, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. The apostle Paul was writing in his letter, urging them and letting them know, yeah, I know you got some liberties. Yeah, I know that you're allowed to do anything or that's what you say, but is er everything is not good for you to do. He began to let them know you can't abuse the Christian liberty in which, in which Christ has set us free. He said, shall we continue to sin where grace may abound? God forbid. So it's very clear from looking at this chapter on the, the sixth chapter, uh, beginning at the 12th and we covered through the 20th verse that the apostle Paul was urging the church of Corinthian to all that, although you're in the city of Corinth and although there's a lot of immorality going on and no, although there's a lot of wickedness and there's a lot of sin going on, he was urging them to keep themselves separated. He was reminding them that they were not their own, but they have been purchased by God bought with a price. Now let's apply. As I begin to look at this particular chapter, the sixth chapter and the 12th verse, um, it's quite interesting. And I, I find that a lot of people today are like the church of Corinthians. A lot of people are saying, and I have to repeat what Paul said. Paul said, you say, and we know a lot of people that say I have the right to do, do anything. Why, why can't I do that? Or why shouldn't I do that? And uh, a lot of times we think that the old church was just crazy for all the things that they did not allow you to do. I mean, Miami, they were a little overboard with some things where you couldn't do this and you couldn't do that. For instance, you couldn't go to the movies. You couldn't wear red. You couldn't wear lipstick. You had to wear long dresses. You couldn't play pool. You couldn't play cards. You, anything and everything was uh, a doorway to hell. Um, but I truly believe that they understood that although you're able to do these things, they, maybe they just didn't know how to articulate it. That is true what you say. Apostle Paul said, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are not beneficial. All things are not good for me to do. It took me a very long time to get to the maturity level in Christ to understand this and to understand myself and to understand my walk with Christ. And all of us are in, in different uh, stages or we're in different places in this journey with Christ where you come to the maturity, the more you become one with the Holy Spirit, um, the more you realize that a lot of things that you may be once done, it's not going to benefit you to continue doing those things. I was never much of a smoker or a drinker, but I did come to the realization that smoking cigarettes 
it's not going to benefit me to continue smoking. Why is it not going to benefit me? It's not going to benefit me, one, because it costs too much. Two, it's not going to benefit me because my lungs, eventually I'm going to get lung cancer or or some kind of a disease will form. It, it, drinking, excessive drinking, it's not going to benefit me to continue drinking excessively every night. Why? Because I'm going to get liver damage. It's not going to benefit me, again, because drinking is expensive. Because I'm going to say something or I'm going to do something stupid that I'm going to regret later if I continue to drink the way I was drinking. As I said many times before in my testimony, my problems with sex, uh, sexual immorality, sexual immorality, fornication, adultery, whatever. I liked it to have sex, but eventually I had to grow up and I had to mature and realize that this is not going to benefit me. What is it benefiting me to continue to jump from bed to bed to bed, getting my heart broken every time I change partners? It's not going to benefit me because eventually I'm going to get a sexual transmitted disease. Eventually it's going to kill me. The Bible lets us know that when we're committing sexual immorality, when we're committing fornication, we're committing adultery, we're sinning against our own body. So a lot of times as we now have come to Christ, and then we go to realizing that we got a lot of issues with our body. We can't blame the devil for everything. It's very clear here in the scripture because the Bible tells us that whoever committing sin, sexual sin, is sinning against their own body. And we know that the Bible tells us that the wages of sin are death, but the gift of God's eternal life. And whenever you're sinning against your own body, there's a penalty for that. So for all those years where I abused my body and I did things that I shouldn't have been doing, now that I'm 40 plus years old and waking up with aches and pains and, and waking up with all kinds of issues and you go to the doctor and then you get diagnosed with this or you get diagnosed with that, it's, it's the penalty of sin. The penalty of sin. You can't blame somebody for when you've sinned against your own body. And the Bible clearly tells us that when we commit sexual immorality, we're sinning against our own bodies. And back then at that particular time, I had not a clear understanding on what the scripture really meant and the totality of what I was doing to my own body. The 15th verse uh, kind of tells us and explains it. It went on to tell us that our body is actually part of Christ's body. So should we take our body and join it with a prostitute or a highlight? It was beginning to let me know that every time that I lay with someone, every time that I went and I found me another sex partner, all I was doing was being united with them. It said the two are united as one. So basically all I was doing was forming more and more soul ties. So now I'm connected to this person each and every time I begin to lay with this person. Now I'm taking on their characteristic. I'm beginning to not like what I used to like. I like what they like. The more they do this now, they smoke weed all the time. I smoke weed all the time. Now if they curse all the time, I find myself cursing all the time. If they drink, I'm finding myself drinking. Their likes are becoming my likes. My likes are becoming their likes. We're, uh, we're actually becoming one. Now we're becoming one person doing the same thing. When you see them, you're seeing me becoming one with this person. Basically what we was doing was Jack in the marital bed. The Bible says that when a man and a woman are united together, the two, uh, the, the man will leave his wife. I mean, leave his mother and his father and cleave to his wife and the two shall become one. So whenever you're going out and you're having sex with your girlfriend or your boyfriend or having sex with just any random that come along, you're uniting yourself with this person. You're actually becoming one with that particular person. And the Bible clearly tells us that the only thing that we should be becoming one with or the only person who we should be joined with is with the Lord. We shall be joined to the Lord and we shall be one spirit with him. So the only spirit we should be getting connected to our spirit should only be connecting to God's spirit. He went on to tell us to run, run from sexual sin. A lot of us, we don't run from it. We run to it. 
I know when I was out there, that was the last thing I was running from. If I saw somebody that I wanted, somebody that I liked, I felt like I had to have them. As the old song go, it's my thing. I'm going to do what I want to do. But in the end, guess what? It's not your thing. There's a penalty for Christ. The Bible goes on to tell us, do you not realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I want you to hear me. Do you not realize you, you out there that's committing that fornication, you that's committing adultery right now. Do you not realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? That lives in you. If you say you're saved, if you say you were born again, you accepted Jesus as your personal savior. If the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, you are not your own. God has given you his spirit and you belong to him. You do not belong to yourself. You have been bought with a price purchased. When I begin to think about that word bought and I begin to think about a purchase, we all love purchases. We all love making purchases. I know I constantly go online and I'm looking for things to purchase. But guess what? When I get my purchase, I want what I paid for. Guess what? God wants what he paid for. You were bought. You were purchased by the blood of Jesus. So he deserved to get what he's paid for. Your body is what he paid for. He paid for a temple that his spirit can reside in. How dare us? How dare you? God forbid you go out and take his body and join it with a harlot. Go out and take his body and join it with a prostitute. Go out and take his body and join it with your boyfriend or join it with your girlfriend. However you feel like God has bought you. He has paid a high price for you. So we should honor him with our body. We should honor him with our spirit. We should honor him with our soul for our body or not our own. We have been purchased by God. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of your son, Jesus, we do thank you today, Lord. We thank you for this word, God, letting us know, God, that we should avoid sexual sin, God. God, we thank you for your word, dear Father, letting us know, God, that, God, there is consequences to sin, God. We know, God, that your word is right and your word is true. However, it's not always comfortable, God. We know that it's necessary, God, that it's benefiting us, Father. We thank you, God, for letting us know that we should not be abusing the Christian liberty, God. God, that we should not be abusing the grace that you have given us through your son, Jesus Christ. God, you said, should we continue to sin where grace may abound? God forbid. Help us, O oh Father, to God lay aside every sin and every weight to do so easily beset us. God, help us today, Father, that we will present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you, which is our our reasonable service. Help us, dear Father, not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, oh God, that we might prove what is that perfect, acceptable will of you, God. God, we know we live in a wicked world. God, we know that there's evil all around us, oh God. There's sex on every hand, God, everywhere we turn, oh God. There's an implication, oh God. There's an invitation, oh God. But we pray today that you would help us to be strengthened in our spirit, man, oh God. And you will allow us to be joined as one to your spirit, oh God, that you, God, have the power to deliver us from the power of evil, oh God. God, we surrender to you, God. God, we come against everything that's not like you, God. We bind every spirit that's not like God, every spirit of fornication, every spirit of adultery, every spirit of sexual impurity. We come against with the blood of Jesus, every spirit of pornography. We come against right now in the name of Jesus, the spirit of masturbation. We take full authority over it in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for victory in our life oh god touch us god in our mind help us to think on all things that are lovely all things that are pure if there be any virtue if there be any praise help us to think on these things oh god 
Help us, dear Jesus, to surrender ourselves like never before, God. We humbly come to your throne, God. We ask that you would search us, oh God. Any sin that's in us that's not like you, God, because we know that it's in there, oh Father. We ask today that you will move it out of the way. Create us a clean heart. Renew a right spirit, oh God. God, help us, oh God. Sever every soul tie, God. Everything that's not like you. Anyone that we have joined ourselves to, oh God. We pray today that you were severed today, Father. God, we ask that you would close doors that's been open to us that shouldn't be. And God, that you would open up right doors and people in our lives that we need, oh God. Lord, we just glorify you. We praise you today. We magnify your son, Jesus. Lord, we thank you, God, for it is in you we live, oh God, and we love you today. We praise you, God. We thank you and we glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. As always, thank you for joining us on Yasha, young and sharing his anointing. I am Elder Shanina Walker. Until next time, have a blessed day.